0: To Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com. This is Elena DelVal, and my guest is Rupa Ranganathan, who is Ethnic Strategist and Senior Vice President of the Strategic Research Institute. Today we will discuss the 8th Annual Hispanic Boom Conference, scheduled to take place June 14th and 15th of 2007 in Los Angeles, California. Rupa is responsible for a portfolio of 65 conferences in the multicultural marketing, market development in healthcare, branding, e-marketing, relationship marketing, healthcare, and disease management areas. Prior to joining the Strategic Research Institute, Rupa was a conference producer for global business research in New York City. Before that, she was general manager of marketing and public relations for the Apollo Hospitals Group in Chennai, India. Rupa received a Bachelor of Arts degree in Public Relations from Madras University. She has been a multicultural columnist for Retail Wire since 2004 and was the judge of the Asian American Advertising Creative Awards for 2005. Rupa, welcome back.
1: I'm delighted to be back on your program, Elena.
0: Now you've got... One more edition of the Hispanic Boom Conference taking place in Los Angeles. How is this conference similar to past conferences and how is it different from, for example, the East Coast Conference? Would you tell us a little bit about that?
1: Yes. uh, This is the 8th Annual Hispanic Boom and Profitable Brand Engagement Strategies Conference. Uh, It's basically... Similar to the others in the series, in that it brings together uh, a range of uh, experts and leaders who are doing new work in the field, who will talk about cutting-edge strategies, new developments, new news, basically, on the Latino market, which continues to boom and continues to rock, I'd say. And uh, that's that's what everybody is eyeing from mainstream Madison Avenue agencies to even uh, uh, agencies that are on the other side of the border, uh, they are looking at the U.S. Hispanic market. It's uh, taking place on the 14th and 15th of June at the Wilshire Grand Hotel in Los Angeles, and it uh, has uh, a very, very special uh, keynote speaker who is back on the series. Uh, Uh, You know, she's, I guess, a pioneer in this whole field. Uh, We are, we are very honored to say that Isabel Valdez, who's a global thought leader, is an award-winning author, and I think one of the foremost researchers in the field of uh, Hispanic marketing and communication. She's uh, going to be available uh, to the audience and to the industry. This at this conference, she's going to be speaking, and she's going to come up with another book—you uh, know, her fourth book, I believe—and I think she's the first one to have written a book on Hispanic marketing. We also have a very distinguished uh, researcher, Roger Selbert, Dr. Roger Selbert is uh, a publisher and strategic advisor with growth strategies and integrated retailing. He writes through very extensively on the subject and uh, he's uh, also consulting with Latin work. So these are two keynote speakers that uh, are going to bring a lot of new information and insights on the Latino market. And of course, we have great clients speaking at the program. We have GE Personal uh, Finance. We have Circuit City. We have Wells Fargo. Uh, we have Albertsons. We have AARP, Countrywide Home Loans, Lending Tree, which I believe would be the first time Lending Tree is actually speaking at a Hispanic or Latino conference, and several others uh, who are going to talk about uh, how to make more money in the Hispanic market, how to win more hearts in the Hispanic market. We also have uh, Terry Soto, who's uh, with About Marketing Solutions and who's also published a book on the subject uh, of Hispanic marketing. Is going to be speaking as well, so this is going to be a good conference.
0: You mentioned Isabel Valdez and Roger Selbert, and Roger, by the way, is one of our book authors in the Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations book. I know. Um, What what specifically are they going to be talking about?
1: Uh, Isabel is going to basically talk about. you know, we said to her is it a new take on the Latino market? She's going to talk primarily about segmentation and what new, what has happened. What are what are some new concepts and theories relating to segmentation strategies? How should marketers keep up with the lives and the emerging ro- roles of Latinos? You know, a lot has happened. It's not uh, you know while it's not. New to the marketers that they should be marketing to Latinos. What's new is where are these Latinos that they have been targeting all this while? Where are they in the, in, in the stage of uh, assimilation or growth or evolution? And there's a lot of implications. Globalization is a factor, and many other such factors that cha- demand that marketers reevaluate the way they are looking at segmentation. They cannot use a model or a concept that were in practice or an application 10 years ago. And what's great about the fact is Isabel, who's written the first ever book, I think, on Hispanic marketing, at least, which became so popular, she's writing her fourth book. And obviously, the fourth iteration of her book and you know her new research is certainly going to bring new light on what's new with Latinos. We also have Carl uh, Kravitz, who's with uh, you know, the Aha! And uh, he's also going to be speaking at this conference, so we have many great players.
0: Is Isabel going to be launching her new book at the conference? Is she going to be releasing the contents or the essence of the book at the yes, conference?
1: Certainly there's, you know, I mean, uh, in, you know, who, who, uh, she, she probably will be announcing the new book. I don't know the dates of the release of the book, but it's certainly around that time. And she's certainly going to be sharing uh, at least uh, some some uh, some of the information that's going to be published in that new book which is a never before read for monsters and it's going to be announced at this conference and um, uh, she's going to be there and dr salbert he is going to talk about uh, you know he, he will talk about the future of this market and he's going to do some kind of projection based on his very deep understanding of the market and and as you know his specialty area of expertise being in uh, in the retail segment and he's going to talk about this very much in detail
0: How many presenters do you have over the two day conference, Rupa? We
1: expect about 22 to 25 people.
0: And about how many attendees?
1: This conference we expect
0: In terms of new topics beyond the the two main speakers that you mentioned, Isabel Valdez and Dr. Roger Selbert, which other new topics will the presenters that you mentioned earlier be focusing on? What is novel? What is new? what is different from past years of the conference?
1: I think one of the important new additions to the program is uh, that we're going to focus on profitable partnership strategies. While this has been discussed you know, as part of other topics and other panels in the past, we have someone like uh, Armando Martins from uh, Super Value Albertson who will be talking about how to bring build value through profitable re, uh, partnerships. And I think that's very important because not only should brands know how they should be reaching out to their Hispanic market themselves and you know all the efforts that they need to put into it, they need to be smart and see how they can tie in with other brands and other people that are talking to the segment to get more value by leveraging somebody else's relationships or Uh, networks in this space, and obviously supermarket chains know how to do this very effectively, and so uh, insights from uh, Armando on this will be very, very uh, valuable. We also have uh, uh, Omar Garcia, as you know, Uh, he used to be with a leading beverage company, and he's going to be talking about beverage marketing in particular, which is, always been a high point of action in in marketing per se and certainly in the Latino space. He's going to be doing a workshop on beverage marketing to Latinos and it's titled Brand Engagement Strategies and he's going to talk about some very compelling ways in which people who are marketing beverages can can, can reach this market. Uh, Another important thing is There is a session on capturing high growth markets and how to accelerate the pace in that sphere. sphere. Al Baraza, who used to be with Allstate and runs his own uh, consulting company, the Baraza Consulting Group, along with Ray Salaya, who is very active in the National Hispanic Corporate Council and very well respected uh, player in the field, who spent a long, long and very fruitful time with all states, both of them are going to talk about uh, evaluating organizational effectiveness in capturing high-growth markets. Uh, The interesting uh, new session they will talk about is evaluating and telling companies to find out if they are first ready to take on this high-growth market or this opportunity, and what are some of the things that they need to fix Uh, in their home base before they need to spend money outside and externally go and try to capture this whole big market. Because a lot of uh, companies do make the mistake of running after markets which are high growth and they are lucrative, they are attractive, they go running after these markets if they are not backed by a sufficient, uh, I don't know, infrastructure or organizational capacity or organizational, you know, uh, to handle this uh, then they'll be not having a good ROI and uh, it could be a simple thing, you know, many companies may not have, you know, in-language customer service uh, uh, capabilities or have not outsourced such a service and if they're just investing hundreds of millions of dollars in advertising in the front end and not doing something else internally, then they are losing out. So as People who have been pioneers in this field, who have done a lot of research in this area, they would point out, uh, I would say, some of the areas that companies should watch out for to see that their dollars are not being wasted. We have, uh, as I said, Lending Tree, I don't believe has ever uh, spoken at this series before. And and they are very, very active in online marketing. So, uh, dan Austin from black sheep communications and margot dan 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 miller from lending tree who handles the hispanic marketing for lending tree will talk about a never before discussed case study on integrated customer engagement in the hispanic mortgage market obviously that's a very important area and lots of players are looking at that space very closely we also have a very interesting post-conference field tour uh it's a consumer insight retail tour of very high density hispanic retail neighborhoods and it will be led by armando martin of uh, super value albertson so it's it's an opportunity people shouldn't miss out on because lots of times people sit at their desks or now in this behind their laptops or desktops and they are trying to uh, spout uh, theories about uh, you know such a vibrant market such as the Hispanic market and oftentimes in the you know we are caught up in our day-to-day email stresses and in all our meetings and all of that and sometimes marketers forget the to get the pulse of the market by going on retail field trips and you know uh, hanging out in the in the neighborhood to really get close to the consumer. And we are all affording this opportunity, and we are grateful that one of our speakers, and he's actually going to be co-chairing this meeting, has volunteered to, to be the guide, literally, on this. And this is an opportunity that many uh, marketing and product executives should not miss out on.
0: How is that going to work, Rupa? Are, are they getting into a bus and, and touring, or how exactly is that set up?
1: Yeah, he's going to line up a few, you know, actually we're also going to visit some of the stores, traditional stores as well as bodegas and other outlets, and, you know, go through not only what people are buying, but also see the kind of point of purchase materials that are out there on display, talk to them you know, talk to the retailers. And obviously with the cloud of a big retailer, uh, there is going to get more value from such a, such a field trip.
0: Is it an all-day trip? Or no, it's
1: just for like two hours or three hours and then followed by dinner. Again, you know, you will have had the insights. And then, you know, even things like, you know, you go to a different type of a market which you don't normally visit, you'll see brands that you're not familiar with, you know. Two weeks ago, I went to a Latino expo in in Hartford, Connecticut. And I came back with a bunch of, you know, products and uh, packaging and materials that taught me a few lessons as someone engaged in this field to look at these brands and look at, you know, uh, look at what, uh, you know, grocery stores and supermarkets are doing to talk to their customers.
0: And when is the this special event going to take place? On the
1: 15th of June. It is after the conference. After the conference, there will be a workshop, and then around 3:30 in the afternoon, we'll set out. We haven't decided whether it'll be a bus or what, you know, depending on who all are registering and and the places we'll be having to visit.
0: Is this the first time that you offer an event like that?
1: Uh, yes, in, in in Los Angeles, yes. Though we've been wanting to do this. I wouldn't uh, call this uh, an immersion tour, though we did try to do one in Chicago some years ago. But uh, that was more to tell people about various ethnic markets in Chicago. And that was done a long, long time ago, and it wasn't done with, with a client or a supermarket, uh, you know, person with supermarket experience. So... This is going to be giving a perspective on the, and you know, it's basically the idea emanated by the fact that there's a lot more to this market and the subject than, you know, going through PowerPoints and ads and discussions and panels. And we wanted to give our uh, attendees the benefit of experiencing something live, something, you know, when they go back, they may hopefully take a nugget or two from the field tour which will be of practical value and application in addition to everything that they have learned. It kind of hopefully completes uh, some of the learning that is an in-classroom type learning.
0: Are there other activities scheduled? You mentioned there
1: will be networking activities. There might be, uh, you know, <laughs> a pre-conference uh, welcome reception is always there on the night before the conference and. Uh, we will have lunches and breakfast and a lot of time for networking. City Reach Latino is uh, hosting the luncheon on the first day. Tell we us. We might a- have some exciting things planned up. I don't know yet.
0: Uh huh. Tell and us we a also little have bit.
1: Something in the area of sports marketing, which is new, of course. I mean, sports marketing in the Hispanic market is not a new topic, and we have covered that in the past. But. Uh, I think uh, the folks we have this time uh, will certainly talk about uh, uh, some new ways to, to use sports and sports engagement strategies we have fernando cruza who's with uh, sfx baseball and he's a leading sports agent so coming from him that would be uh, an interesting uh, approach i would say rather than just a marketing approach again he brings live insights from the field literally
0: tell us a little bit more about the the sponsorship opportunities i know a lot of our listeners are interested in looking for avenues for exposure to spread the word about their companies or their products and services what options are available to them at the conference
1: they can either choose to exhibit and have you know table or a booth if they have you know them an interest in exhibiting. That's an opportunity that's available. There is also an opportunity to be a you know cocktail reception sponsor or a some kind of a unique uh, breakfast uh, or a break sponsor. People have done very interesting things. Some you know somebody might want to bring in some entertainment, for example, and sponsor entertainment and sponsor part of the reception. That could be an idea. Someone else might want to bring some kind of uh, other Latino experience in terms of food, perhaps. You know, and we can line up something. We can work with them and do some kind of special supper type of thing.
0: In terms of speaking opportunities, is that part of the, the sponsorship package? And um, none of
1: the speakers have actually paid speak, or neither were we paying. And it's, there's nothing. I mean, uh, they can speak at lunch. If they are sponsoring lunch, they can speak at lunch. Or if they're sponsoring dinner, they can speak at, you know, they can speak at that dinner.
0: So all of the speakers that are featured in this year's program are, now,
1: yes. they were Only selected. something we add. For instance, somebody might want to do a pre-conference workshop and sponsor something, there's still an opportunity to do that. The night before, if somebody wants to sponsor a workshop on a subject that's not yet been covered in the topic, I know there's so many topics on the subject, we can't cover everything. But if someone wants to sponsor a pre-conference you know, dinner workshop, we'd be open to that.
0: And if someone is interested in being a speaker, either for this event or for next year's, if your roster is already full, what are your criteria? I know this is an area of constant interest. What are the criteria for selection, and what should they do if they want to propose a topic?
1: I think uh, what they should do is they should immediately write to me. suggesting the topic and saying they're interested in speaking on X, Y, and B topics. And, you know, we do get a lot of emails on this matter. And forgive me if I have not been able to respond to everything. I do try to respond to everybody. But in case, you know, you haven't heard back, feel free to pick up the phone and, you know, leave me a message and, you know, email me back and saying what happened, you know, I suggested this. Uh, We do recommend that... uh, Presenters actually, uh, our attendees do like to listen from end clients for the most part. Obviously, they also want to come and meet up with the end client. But I know that uh, people who are advisors or consultants, they may or may not, uh, uh, you know, they, they may have a brilliant case study, but sometimes if they bring a client, it helps them too because the client will say, hey, these guys did a great job for me and this is the strategy they presented. So it works well for the client. Uh, it works well for the consultants, and it also works well for the other attendees who will at least have the uh, opportunity of meeting that client. But uh, having said that, I know that clients do come to these conferences seeking experts and consultants because that's, You know, clients have the money to spend, but not all clients have all the knowledge they need or the strategy, the expertise they need to go ahead in this market, which is why there are experts like ad agencies and research consultants and strategy advisors. So we do have both types, you know, representing the market. But we would like to see as many case studies as possible. We'd love to see anything new, anything even controversial, anything that's cutting edge, that's always given priority and the formula or criteria for getting onto the program is just to you know email phone or you know send us your packages some people send us very compelling uh, uh, you know uh, case studies and materials which uh, we flag and then we use when we do the program the next time there are a limited amount of sponsorship types of opportunities but even those sponsors. Any sponsor uh, only gets a speaking opportunity if that topic or the speaker or the theme fits into the overall scheme. And That is the one thing that we've been able to keep as very, very strict control of, is that we believe in keeping the editorial content unique and different, and we don't make it just a bunch of people who are sponsored and they get a chance to speak. If there are sponsors who have a need and you know, opportunity to sponsor some meetings and then they they may be on the program but it's uh, not only because they are sponsored see we do have a few like panels or we may have some you know some what happened in ethnic media or some you know case studies on that topic so we if someone has sponsored something then it's very obvious that they're sponsored and pretty much we keep the sponsors as luncheon sponsors and reception sponsors and then they get to speak over there. But if they have also done and they are a new media, for example, and they've come up with something new and they have done something unique or they are the leader in their field or they've been awarded or they've done something spectacular, then they merit being on the program in and of themselves, you know, regardless of the fact that they've paid the money. It's a very difficult thing. There's no Formula as such for this, as you know, it's a very creative process.
0: For anybody who is interested in being considered as a speaker, they should look to unique uh, to offer you unique yes. content, case studies, um, in as much as possible. And
1: something deep, you know, as you know, there's so much being published about this market, there's so much news about this market. So we don't want redundant information. And now there's easy access to data and demographics. We don't want same old same old, you know
0: You talked about unique and different presentations and your speakers being selected on that criteria. What percentage would you say of your presenters are repeat, and what percentage of those are new for this year's conference?
1: In fact, quite a few of the speakers are have spoken in the past quite a quite a lot. But we do have, I would say, about 35% new speakers, you know.
0: And what so about your audience? Is that similar in terms of the ratio? Are they mostly repeat attendees?
1: No. I think the ratio would be we certainly get about 30%, 30, 30, 35% repeat attendees. But a lot of new people come to these meetings because either those people move on or they've moved out or they've, you know. But what what gladdens me is to see many... To repeat customers signing up even before the agenda is up, and I'm really uh, very uh, you know it it really makes me feel happy to see. I'm just working on the program. i just announced some of the some of the you know speakers on the website, and I find some of the alumnas returning and registering, and that actually puts it makes it more of a challenge for me that I should come up with better content, and live up to these expectations of these past attendees.
0: Make for an interesting program because you know they're coming back.
1: Yes. And we need to see what we should tweak, who else we should invite, and it's pretty much, you know, bringing the right mix of speakers. And how do you Slow do that? And, you know, lots of things. How do you figure that mix, Rupa? I guess I use a little bit of my head and a little bit of my heart, and then that's how I make it together. (laughs) Because uh, we do research continuously. I'm constantly talking to people on this market. I attend events, other people's events. I read extensively on trade publications, and I keep making notes all year long. Like, I don't switch off this market. I'm listening to NPR. I find a speaker who's talking about, uh, you know, you know something that may be of interest to the attendees. I flag it and I try to get them to speak. But having done all that, I also talk to, you know, experts such as you know other speakers, other attendees, and they also send me information and insights on their own, you know. Past attendees may call me and say, hey, this thing is happening. Uh, maybe, have you considered somebody else? And Oftentimes they do it not with a vested interest of having their company person speak or anything, just in the interest of the program on the industry, and that I think, which can, is a very, very solid, uh, uh, I would say, asset of this industry, is that the, it's, it's, a, it's a small group of people, even though it's growing large and it's growing to be more like more powerful in the marketing space. But there's very, uh, it's a very closely knit. In the state, people talk to each other. People share information quite widely.
0: You talked about repeat attendees and keeping the content fresh and unique. Do you see the same attendees at the East and West Coast conferences? Because you had a conference in Miami in January. Right.
1: That we do every year. And we do see some of the attendees that came to the January conference also register for this one.
0: How are the two conferences different? Because one is more looking toward the South, toward Latin America, right?
1: No, 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 no. It's just that in the old days, I mean, long back when this conference began, it used to be marketing to U.S., Hispanics, and Latin America. So that Latin America thing used to be like almost 50% of the conference when it started, like what, 14, 15, 13 years ago. But from 1999 onwards, 70% or more, 75%, and now even 90%, of that conference is U.S. Hispanic. But that conference in Miami, as you know, it's very cold in January in many parts of the country. So that attracts a lot of people who don't come there just for the weather, but it's like an omnibus. It's a larger meeting. It has lots of... uh, And it's the first meeting in the year on the subject. So there's a lot of, you know, new... uh, uh, discussions at that meeting. I would categorize the June West Coast meeting as an opportunity, obviously, for people on the West Coast who have missed the January meeting for whatever schedule or other reason, or the weather was not cold enough for them to want them to get away. (laughs) But uh, it's, I would say a meeting where it's more of an advanced Hispanic uh, marketing strategy kind of a discussion, where it's not people who are just trying to even... You know, know some of the, how to enter this market. Whereas in the January conference, we also have some of that entry strategy as well as advanced strategies. This one focuses on, I would say, people who are already, they already know that they have to be in the Hispanic market and they are trying to see how to make it more competitive, more compelling, more profitable. So that's, that's the the only point of difference. We also have had a lot of people from Mexico and other countries come to the June Hispanic meetings. We've ob- some you know, we also have of course international attendees for the Miami event.
0: And the topics and speakers are different at both events. You don't have they a lot are of
1: different. We're not the same. We don't have the same agenda.
0: So you don't have repeat speakers and topics?
1: Not on the same because I told you we get some repeat attendees, no? Right. But we do have in a sense like Dan Austin did a post conference workshop. In January, which mm-hmm. was very well liked. Uh, so, we've asked him to do a workshop on lending tree. We have asked him to do a, conf- a, 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 a talk or a case study along with the client lending tree in the main part of the program.
0: There are some areas where you have intersection, but overall. There will
1: be some, but we try to keep different. But because, you know, in in Dan, that was the first time he spoke in Miami in January, and he was speaking at the post-conference workshop, which is like much after the conference concluded. But we figured that there was a lot of interest in what he was sharing, and there was a lot, you know, the people who were there were all engaged in financial services products. So at that time, it was more of a general type of a workshop. So we asked him to refi- you know, go to a specific industry, and he got permission from Lending Tree to do the case study, and he's going to present with Lending Tree.
0: In terms of, and that's
1: going to be new stuff. It's not going to be stuff that he talked in January.
0: What he's doing, Rupa, is an analysis. In he's and doing
1: a case study about how Lending Tree is, you know, having an example of a Lending Tree as a integrated marketing, you know, online, offline for Hispanic uh, in the mortgage.
0: So this is, is this Margot that I see on the program? Yeah. Margot. And what did she do in the... She
1: didn't speak in uh, January. It was Dan Austin who spoke in January at the workshop.
0: And is he doing anything at the He's June... He's
1: speaking with her. The two of them are working. He's there consultant
0: Okay, I see Dan Austin, president of Black Sheep yeah. Communications. Yeah. They're going to work together and do a case study on lending tree.
1: We are delighted that Gloria uh, from Circuit City will be speaking at this event for the first time as a panelist. We also have a non-profit, Josephine uh, Garza, National Latino Children's Institute. Now, the Nati uh, Children's Institute uh, uh, partners with so many other clients, so that could be an opportunity for other clients in the room who are attendees or speakers to connect with us. We have Countrywide Home Loans, uh, Joseph Gutierrez, who will be speaking about, primarily in the panel, he's going to talk about regional Hispanic marketing.
0: Tell us about the cost of admission, Rupa, and I know that on occasion you work with nonprofits and small businesses. We
1: always work with nonprofits and students have always been welcomed in this conference. The conference uh, rate is uh, 15 but if you register before May 10th, it would be twelve ninety five. And the conference rate is 18, uh, a conference plus workshop is 1895. And if you register uh, before May 10th, that would be 1595.
0: So the conference with the workshops is 1895. Okay. And if you are an early bird register before May 10th? Yes. It's how much? 1595.
1: 1595
0: for the conference and the workshops? Correct. I know that some of the groups that we work with, because we're media sponsors of the event, yes. offer a special discount. Are you offering yes, a discount? Yes, we offer
1: your uh, HMPR members uh, a discount of, I think, $400. Give the HMPR code when they register. Preferably, they should not put the, that code is not available for online registrants. They should either fax it in or mail it or call one of us and say, you know, I'm a subscriber and they'll get it. What would their registration cost be? It would cost four hundred dollars off.
0: So instead of fifteen ninety five, eleven ninety five. Exactly. The most affordable registration that's available to Hispanic NPR members would be eleven ninety five if yes. they subscribe, if they register rather, by fax or phone using the special code.
1: Exactly. They just have to say H M P R and that's it.
0: And if they have any questions or they want to see the whole agenda for the conference, where should they go?
1: They should go to www.srinstitute.com forward slash M as in Mary 0907.
0: And if they want an easier route they can click on the ad on the Hispanic NPR home Absolutely, homepage.
1: that is the easiest thing to do.
0: And if they have any questions, is there a phone number they can call?
1: They can call me directly at 212-967-0095 extension 252.
0: Thank you Rupa for joining us today from New York. And to our audience, thank you for listening to Rupa Ranganathan, who's an ethnic strategist and senior vice president at the Strategic Research Institute, who discussed the 8th Annual Hispanic Boom Conference, brought to you by Hispanic Marketing and Public Relations, HispanicMPR.com, providing you essential information on America's largest minority. Please share your suggestions, questions, and ideas by leaving a comment on the hispanicmpr.com website. If you or someone you know would like to be on the show, you can email me directly at editor at hispanicmpr.com. That's editor at hispanicmpr.com. For more information on how to reach Hispanics with marketing and public relations tools, visit our resources section at www.hispanicmpr.com. Pr.com. That's www.hispanicmpr.com.